fight And we don't have to kill Everybody in the whole wide world Really just needs to chill No, we don't have to fuss No, no, no We don't have to fight Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Just Chill with Oliver George. This is episode number 58, and I have a very funny man sitting across from me. But before we get to the guest, I want to remind you, if you're watching on YouTube right now and you would prefer audio only, you can get that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many other places like that. If you were listening on one of those, though, and you didn't know there was a visual side to this show, then please come check it out on YouTube. While you're there, if you would subscribe, it would really, really help out. We're eight people away from finally hitting 1,000 last time I checked. So if you want to help, uh, you know, reach that milestone, it really would mean a lot to me. If you want to reach out to me, maybe with a cool guest idea or just some general feedback about the show, you can hit me up at justchillpodcasting at gmail.com. And if you want to use that same email to hit me up, we now have some merch available these cool foil stickers with the show logo. So uh, five bucks for one or five uh, five for 20 is the other deal. So if you are interested in any way, just hit me up with that email. Now back to the guest, the man of the hour, as I say, uh, it's Greg Houston. Hello. Hey, buddy. How are you, man? I'm very good. How are you? Pretty good. I mean, I feel like you're one of these guys that I've met you many times at shows, but I don't know. We don't know each other that well. So I, I'm no. happy to you know have this opportunity to get in. Yeah, really I'm, on the I'm excited. This, yeah, this is the first time I've uh, I've uh, been in your basement uh, studio lair. Uh, lair is a good word <laughs> yeah. for it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, be on the episode. Just chill, baby. Get those stickers. Let's just chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know how to go with merch because I don't want to be like pushing it too hard. I don't want to be that guy like some used I'd, car salesman. Yeah, I don't have merch. I had uh, business cards like way too early when I started because I had like a business card hookup. Oh, okay. So it wasn't merch, but they were made out of canvas, which was kind of cool. That is nice. That's, yeah. That speaks to professional quality. Yeah. Well, I just knew a guy that had a lot of canvas. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of comics that do that, right? Because I did that. I did like one show and then I was like, got to go to Staples. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone makes cards way too early and that's fine. And it's just like you learn later that like, oh, I didn't need to do that at all. But it's, yeah, but it's the right kind of enthusiasm in my opinion. Yeah. You know? And it's it, like it creates a false or eventual professionalism too, because it's like you're kind of faking until you make it. Right. Yes. So, oh my God. Yeah. So, yes. That's a big part of all this. Um, yeah. I mean, this, I don't know how many, I don't think I'm ever going to reprint these. So I think it's kind of cool for the real fans of my show. There are a few um, to have you this kind of limited. Yeah. Edition yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, merch is one of those, those things though, that you feel like a point comes and you're like, okay, I guess I'm at that point. I should yeah. do something. But you know, it's a whole other headache, really. <laughs> it's a lot. And, like, it's tough, too, like, if you're not headlining every show to, like, try and sell merch. Like, oh, I was just an opener, but I got a T-shirt or I got a whatever and buy the buy this stuff. And people are like, by that, yeah. yeah, who are you again? Like, Yeah. I've never done it for comedy. No, I, this is the first merch of anything other than the business cards we were discussing. Yeah. But that was more of just a... Like a hookup, trying to meet people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really Networky. Like flexing, yeah, yeah. like, oh, I'm so huge or something, you know? Yeah. Um, well, man, since I don't know that much about you, I know that you're an Ottawa comic and I've met you before, but I also know that you, you did the move to Toronto, <laughs> yeah. which happens with a lot of Ottawa comics that are doing well. And you seem to be doing great out there as well. Thank you. So, um, what prompted that though, specifically, you just felt like that calling? Uh, I started a comedy in Ottawa in 2012, basically. Um, and so I moved to Toronto in 2018. Okay. And so it was just kind of like, I've been doing comedy this long. I've been doing this many gigs here and I had been producing a lot too, like uh, leading up to my move. And it was kind of a situation of uh, f more feeling like I was spinning my wheels than mm. anything. 
And uh, I have family closer to Toronto. So I was like, oh, I think I could move to Toronto and be closer to my family. Two birds with one stone. Yeah, do do comedy. And like I had a or have a day job that I was able to just do remotely from there. So I was like, okay, we'll just go uh, to Toronto. And Did you find like... It was a you know a bit of a shock to the system to now be in a place with that many more comedians and that many more high level comedians, or did you feel like kind of oh yeah I do deserve to be here? Um yeah yes no not shock in like the sense of uh, like whoa overwhelming or anything because like early in my career too I started traveling to Montreal and Toronto okay. often so you just had frequented be- yeah I would always I would put together like a week or so at a time in in one city or the other like a couple times a year just. Mm. Basically, two years into comedy, even though I had whatever, like two minutes of material, it was just like, go network, do bad shows, make friends yeah. and stuff like that. And like, I made friends from Montreal of like, uh, one of my best friends, Chris Sandiford is like, from just randomly messaging him, he had a Tuesday night open mic level show in Montreal. And it was like, hey, can I do your show? And like, they put me on and like, this, this guy's great. And then like, couple years later, like they're doing a weekend takeover of a club in Montreal. So I get to come down for the weekend and stuff. Sweet. And yeah, so it was like I had been networking and like, quote unquote, touring around to Montreal and Toronto. Um, that would make the move a lot easier. Yeah, you wouldn't be so terrible. Yeah, I felt that. very uh, established as an out of town act slash like person that comes through occasionally. So yeah. like it didn't. Yeah, it didn't feel overwhelming or anything. Uh, but that being said, it was also like oh, now I can walk into a gig and probably see one or two headliners that are, like, best in Canada yeah. on any show, any night in Toronto. And it's, like, it's and, like, sometimes it's free, sometimes it's very cheap. And it's just, like, oh, and then you watch them and you're, like, oh, I get why they're headliners. Yeah. So you like, had even more opportunities to just keep growing as a comedian yeah. through exposure to the best of the best. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, man. So now uh, you're, you're doing another move. That's a big one. Yeah. I will touch on that more later, but sure. just you are moving to London, England. I wanted to know just yeah. how did that come about? That seems like a big decision. Um, it was something that, again, <laughs> uh, just like uh, touring around or whatever, uh, I'd started to go to London over the past couple of years before COVID and stuff and really liked my time there, like really liked doing gigs there, really liked the scene a lot. Um, and again, it was like the huge scene, lots of crazy headliners there and stuff, but also just because of the size and density of the city like there's so mm. many gigs of all different levels so i was able to like do horrible gigs and like some good ones and like some clubs and stuff like that and it was really fun and so it was just something in the back of my head uh for the past couple of years especially after going to edinburgh in uh 2019 oh they have a big comedy festival there right eh? yeah the fringe fest there there's uh i want to say 2000 shows or 3,000 shows wow. happening in one month, and it happens for, like, 30 days. Crazy. So they – and they get, in normal times, like, 8 million people go through that city for the festival. And big names come through, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you got, like, BBC, like, doing one-off shows in, like, theaters and stuff or, like, oh. old castles or whatever. And then you also have – it's kind of like fringe here in the sense that, like, you have a fringe society, like, putting on festival and picking, let's say, 200 – acts or shows or whatever and doing like an hour show like from noon into like 1 a.m and stuff like one time i did do like a 1 30 a.m gig and it was like oh this is a bad gig <laughs> <laughs> three people and two of them are comics but uh, oh, brutal. 
but you hear that with bands all the time too that end up being huge and they're like yeah we used to play for the cocktail waitress oh and, yeah you know the the bouncer or whatever yeah and again like in that one too like the one i'm thinking of like the straight up made friends that like i still have over there from like just staying in touch on instagram and stuff and like that's cool. buddies like once i move over there i'm sure we'll be able to hang out uh well and on. you get to be uh Maybe this is just me, but you kind of get to be cool out of town guy, right? Oh, like yeah. everybody loves. It. I feel like if we had a British performer in Ottawa, everyone, oh. everyone would know that person. Oh yeah, I yeah. Mean, unless they were terrible, but it just gives you kind of like a bit of a leg up on the yeah. competition, just because you're unique to them, instantaneous. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. No, I and that's like a, another reasoning too to move of like, oh, I'm a I'm a much more unique voice uh in the uk and stuff like mm-hmm. here i'm a, a white bearded straight cis comedian schlubby chubby guy that, like there's a lot of me uh in over the, there you at least there, got an accent oh uh, he talks funny what's yeah. with this guy uh, so huh. and like obviously my perspective is going to be very different from like a regular uk person kind of thing yeah too. that's true yeah oh that's a great dynamic to be bringing to it man yeah. well i wish you all the luck uh, i you. actually i was gonna say this for later but let's do it now um okay. i have a list of British slang, Ooh. and I wanted to test your lingo knowledge, and I'm gonna do it this way. So, Dad, you can when you want to un- unmute your mic, because um, my dad, born in England, actually, as like a baby, he didn't live there for long, but he's been back many times. Okay. So, if you can't get one of these, I'll defer to him. Okay, and if he can't, then I'll I'll give it up. Then we'll throw it out. We'll f- get rid of her. So, and maybe I don't know how much research you've been doing. Go, have you Not done a lot? Okay. <laughs> what do you think it is if someone is chuffed? Oh, they're uh, they're peeved at you. They're a little mad. They're a little hot under the collar. According to what I have, that is incorrect. Oh, so Dad, you know this one? Yeah, it means you're you're feeling really great about them. The opposite. It Ch- said Chuff proud is what yeah, I proud. Proud. So there you go. So, I know it sounds negative, That's right? That's stupid. It's close I'm to chafed. I'm gonna go over there and be like, "Hey, I'm chuffed at all you people," and they're like, "Oh, we like you." And I'm like, "No, it means I'm mad now." <laughs> Taking it back. Yeah. Um, what does it mean if someone's lost the plot? Oh, uh, that I'm pretty sure is from every Ocean's Eleven movie. Uh, it's said at one point, probably. Oh, really? Okay. Um, but uh, by Don Cheadle, because he's British in it. Oh, um, uh, okay. That's if, uh, I believe Lost the Plot is someone is uh, talking out their butt or uh, regularly confused or kind of like... Yeah, I'll give that yeah. one to you. It says gone crazy is what I had. It's, it's like losing your mind. He's yeah. lost the plot. Um, okay, what about, uh, what's a kip? K-I-P. K-I-P. Kip. It's not a guy named Kip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it could be like eating something, going for a Kip. You know no? that? I think it means staying somewhere. Is this where I'm going to Kip? I have it to sleep or a nap. Yeah. Oh, okay. Go for oh, a kip. going for a Kip. Take a, take a Kip. Yeah, I don't know how obscure some of these are. They might be regional. That's fine. Um, I like that's it. That's not obscure. That's a well-known one. Okay, I just okay. couldn't remember it well. <laughs> um, what am I talking about if I say uh, a dog's dinner? Uh, you're quoting Gordon Ramsay for sure. Uh, that's <laughs> so what you. What do you call this? It's a dog's dinner. Uh, it's uh, bad food. Uh, I guess that it's not really I think, literally. I think it's a real mess. Yes, which could be bad food. Which uh, I kind of want to give you like a point five there. Um, this one I, I had never heard. What is a chav? C-H-A-B. Oh, Chav. He's a lad. He's a lad, lad, lad. Lads, lads, lads. Chav is like someone from the, uh, I believe, the Midlands or the middle of uh, UK that is uh, so probably wearing uh, a one-piece soccer gear or athletic gear, uh, okay. smokes some cigarettes, has a shaved head, and is very boisterous and loud, probably into some crimes. 
that feels pretty close to the dead. Do you know? I have no idea. I never heard that before. It's white trash is what I have as the definition. Yeah, that's so, what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you said the Midlands, I'm like, I don't fucking know the geography, what that means. But yeah, I would say with the into crime and, and everything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what's a plonker? A plonker? Uh, <laughs> First of all, I love half of these words. They're just fun to I say. I mean, that's what I'm going to say whenever a joke bombs, for sure, to an audience. Like, Sorry, like that was a plonker. A yeah. um, it's probably like some rich bloke or a bloquette from London. Do you know this one, Dad? A plonker? Someone's a, a real plonker? I would have said something similar about some guy who's a bit of a doofus, a bit slow, maybe. It's an idiot, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, a toff, T-O-F-F. I, that feels like a slur. I don't know if we're allowed to say that. I feel like you're getting these last two mixed up almost. Uh, I know this one. A toff is like upper crust yeah, uh, fellow. It's like, uh, yeah, upper class person. Yeah. Um, what are bants? Bants? Bants. Uh, I believe that's shorts for banter. Yes. And so Friendly you, joking. Yeah, joking yeah. around. That was a bit of an easy one. Um, what is a ledge? Something is ledge. I guess that's short for legendary, but I... That, Generally a famous or successful person. Yeah, so that feels like it's also from the How I Met Your Mother era. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, my God. That was a good show until it wasn't. Yeah, basically. The last few seasons were... Ugh. Until they realized, oh, wait, we only planned, like, three seasons. Which happens, like, with Lost is another great example, where they kind of just kept writing by the seat of their pants, and then the last season was just a dumpster Which fire. is why I respect, like, BBC comedy or BBC shows, where they're just like, no, 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 we've got three series, and, and that's, that's it. it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Check out when you're yeah. when you're in your prime. Um, what about uh, honking? What are you doing if you're honking? Uh, if you're honking, sounds like molesting. That's what I take it. I as. know what snogging is, but I don't think it's that. But it could be that. So I'm gonna say uh, honking. Maybe you're just drinking at a sports match. Let's say. <laughs> no. <laughs> what do you know? This one? No clue. It's uh, vomiting. Oh. Oh. He went and started honking in the in the bushes or whatever. Mm. Um, what does it mean if it's monkeys outside? Uh, this again, one, I do that, not understand uh, how they came to this conclusion, but. Uh, okay. Monkeys outside. Is this, uh, is this, uh, Cockney rhyming slang? Possibly? No, I, I made sure to leave those out. Okay. Those okay. Are just I like Cockney rhyming slang. It's crazy. It's cool though. Yes, but, yeah. I agree. I wish I could learn how to speak like that. That'd be, that'll be my goal. Um, I just assume those would be so hard to guess, right? Like they're, yeah, they're insane. Cause you have to find I heard something. one that was having a butcher's. Oh, he's having a butcher's because butcher's hook. He's having a look. Yes, exactly. What the fuck? So it has to rhyme with the thing and then be a sin. Like, yeah. Why? It's I guess so if you're weird. like in the war and you need a code language, but otherwise it just seems like you're just doing it to fuck with people. Like. Oh yeah, it's just in group, out group, uh, malarkey. Uh, so if, if it's monkeys outside, I think it's. I, I want my gut says, oh, it's probably raining. So I'm gonna go opposite and say it's beautiful outside, and that the monkeys would be out and playing around <laughs> for some reason. Uh, what do you think, Dad? <laughs> no idea. It means it's very cold outside, which is like Ugh, right? monkeys don't know about temperature, except for those guys who go in the hot springs with the <laughs> yeah, long yeah, fur. Yeah, yeah. But that's about oh, in it. Japan. Yeah, those guys are so cute. Um, okay, what does it mean if you're up for it? This one is problematic. <laughs> uh. Probably you have a boner then? Not quite. Uh, <laughs> that's a good idea. You're trying to snog someone? You know, Dad, if, so, so if you're up for it, nope. it means willing to have sex. So it's essentially consent. Yeah, if you're willing so to So be snog. careful if you're like, yeah. hey, man, did you want to uh, come over later? Are you up for it? 
You might be nice. sending the wrong message. That's all I, I thought that wasn't good to include here. <laughs> well, that's you, something we'd say here too. Say, hey, are you up for it? You know? Like, yeah, but you would say it for non-sexual things. Exactly. And I'm wondering exactly. if you say it over yeah, there yeah. Yeah, yeah. in that non-sexual context that people will think you're weird. And be I like, mean, uh, yeah, I, everything is sexual context in the right True, yeah. 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 If your mind's in the gutter. Even hello. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hello. Um, What does bagsy mean? Bagsy. This Uh, is an interesting one. I had no idea. I I thought you were going to get more of these, Dad. I'm hoping it's not someone that is like uh, in between homes and like has a lot of bags. No, it's actually the uh, discount brand version of Banksy. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, Bagsy, uh, it's like calling shotgun or dibs. They said kids will call bag C on the on the playground. Okay, yeah, yeah weird, right? that's yeah. remember I left when I was two, eh? No, but you've been back with mom. <laughs> what? Well, yeah, times, but right? you don't pick up slang on on short visits. No, but you seem like the kind of guy that would read this shit beforehand mm-hmm. and try <laughs> to prep to be like the cool like. Anyways, um, what's a curtain twitcher? A curtain twitcher. Yeah, I liked this one actually. I just thought it was. Uh, Maybe someone that's a nervous Nelly. Someone that's like, oh, I want to peep behind the curtain before the big show or the big thing. Not a bad guess. Because, oh, I'm scared. Uh, I'd go with him. I, I think that's... It's a nosy neighbor. Someone okay. who's uh, okay, always okay. looking out their window kind of wants to know what's going on all the mm. time. And the last one I think is very funny. Um, Dench. Dench? Yeah. Uh, I think those are uh, Lady Dame Judy Dench fans, basically. Those are dentures. <laughs> Those are uh, big fans of uh, the old uh, Dame Judy Dench. So someone online was stating that it basically means whatever you want it to, but oh. generally it's used as an equation with something impressive or agreeable. But it is a nod okay. to Judy Dench. Oh, it is. It's which, from Dench. Nice. Well, yeah, because she's like, so oh, accomplished, she's a, and you know. Yeah. So shout out to Judy Dench. Mine would be Mirren. Oh, she's a whole she. Hey, (laughs) hey, Helen Mirren, you watching this right now? He's available. (laughs) Um, Dame, though, this made me think that Sir is much more flattering than Dame. I feel like that should be updated as this title of, you know, it's supposed to be. It's when they're knighted, right, a woman. So I feel like it's that's pretty outdated. Hey, now you're an official dame. <laughs> I mean, they should just s- call everyone sir or call everyone dame or create a new one that's like non-gendered or whatever. Yeah. Like, Well, even, I just thought updating the female one. I guess, yeah, but what is the other equivalent for sir? It's like ma'am. It's not great either. Lady. Yeah. There's like ladies, lords. There's whatever. So it's, yeah. yeah. Just creating Are a, they actually considered knighted when they're female? I don't know. This is another thing I was kind of, I thought you might know because you're a well Well, it, it's, it's just because it's such an old tradition. I wonder if it is more, you know, a male thing and they've come up with a female equivalent, but mm-hmm. I don't, so they, they'll call them dame, but I don't know if, if they're considered knighted. Well, yeah, I don't know. I would hope so. And it. I'm going to go one step further and say that everyone that is knighted technically um, is uh able to be conscripted by the queen to fight at any army at any time that she wants. I'm going to say that that's what happens once you get knighted. Yes, you get sword on the, on the shoulders, on the head and you're like, but also if the queen's like, Hey, by the way, I need you to fight for me. You have to. Yeah, it's pretty messed up, especially if it's like, oh, I guess Sean Connery's dead now. But if, let's say in his final years, if she would try and call on him in his, you know, golden years to go and fight. Well, what, think, if she wants someone like that, she needs to knight a few younger people. Yeah. <laughs> I think she, I think he would have been fine. He had that Highlander experience from the 80s, you yes. know. He knows his way around a sword or two. 
Uh, how old is the queen? This is one thing I've been wondering lately because she's got to be up there, right? She's, she's in her early 90s, I believe. She's yeah. 92 or 93. Wowza. She's old as I wonder if we're going to find out she was like a robot for the last 30 years or something. <laughs> I mean, she's probably just literally getting new blood every morning or something. Some but. vampire treatment, yeah. Yeah. I've heard about that, that like really rich people will hire young, healthy men or, yeah. or whatever your sex is, I suppose, that'll... Get those uh, blood, blood platelets. Yeah. yeah. Is there any truth to that being actually like a source of vitality or is that just like hocus pocus mumbo jumbo kind of shit? I, I, th I think it's more on the hocus pocus. There was some, some people who were doing it and yeah. some medical researchers looking into it, but I don't think they've found anything, anything about conclusive. it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So you're saying I have to stop drinking <laughs> young blood that I find on the side of the road. Okay. Let the children free, Greg. They've been <laughs> locked in your basement for too long. No, um, I, I wanted to go back actually to your comedy stuff because I had a few notes that I thought were super impressive. Like your credentials cool. are pretty amazing. You have opened for Tignataro and <laughs> Doug Stanhope. Yeah. So um, those are probably up there, but I wanted to know if you had another favorite comedy moment of yours in your career. Besides um, from those obvious highlights, you know. Yeah, those were, like, super fun. I mean, go, just going to Edinburgh and then, like, doing, like, a sold-out show in, like, a weird pub and stuff or was was really great. Um, and, yeah, performing with TIG, I got to do the Bronson Center, which was, like, a really nice venue to, like, huge stage to be on and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I a lot of my own highlights would probably be, like, just dumb produced stuff that I did myself like I uh at one point I had like five different weekly or not weekly five different monthly shows so I had one show a week in Ottawa and yeah, like I remember you always posting <laughs> yeah it was so annoying I'm, I'm so sorry no not even Facebook. Man. <laughs> I think but, it's great that there's so many opportunities because people are still doing that every day yeah. if you're in the group it's spot calling for spots and you yeah know, that's amazing so and I was running this one gig uh at the daily grind uh and we would do it every two months and like we'd like habitually sold like sold out and stuff. And on one show, um, I might be conflating this with another show, but on one show, well, from what I remember, uh, we were well over uh, fire capacity. Uh, there was like 60 people in a room that like barely fits 30. There was people waiting upstairs. Um, and there was like people seated on the ground in front of the stage area, like just sitting oh on the God. ground waiting. And Mike McDonald like popped in for like a seven minute spot. Just like, he's like, Hey, can I come, come on? I'm like, yeah, man, of course. So awesome. So yeah, it was, it was very cool. Um, Mike but, McDonald, if we can do a side note, if yeah. anyone doesn't know him, go and look him up. I mean, if you're Canadian, you probably grew up seeing him on just for laughs yeah. and all that, but some people may have never heard of Mike McDonald and he's hilarious. I was re recently rewatching a lot of his sets and he really was one of the best man. Oh, and a lot of it really holds up too. It's not cuz like it's just personal and it's not yeah, it's like not topical it's like not, yeah. you know Monica Lewinsky or some like it's, you know. It's like family humor uh cruxed in like Canadiana and mm -hmm. like just his experience of being kind He's of very military brat. Oh, he like he honestly is almost clownish in yes. like his like mannerisms his uh, act outs. He runs like, around he, the stage a bunch. Yeah. yeah. He's very like, animated. Yeah, I'm curious if he actually did maybe study clown at one point because, like, I'm finding a lot, uh, like, the more I get into comedy and, like, the more I learn of, like, certain people on stage, the more I find out if, like, oh, actually they went to Goliev or whatever and, like, yeah. did clown school and things like or that. Or they're improv heavy. Or, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, if they say improv, then I, like, tune out usually. <laughs> 
Take um, that, improv world. Mike McDonald, not only was he hilarious, but it was very cool that even after he had his, uh, it was like a, a kidney or liver thing, right? He had to have a transplant, I believe. Yeah. Um, and he was basically on death's door, and then he came back, and we had like another five years of him, and he got back to doing the clubs and being as hilarious as ever, and that was sort of when I met him. I started yeah. in 2015. I think he was kind of just getting back out there. Yeah, that was his re like recovery Ottawa time, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And um, I was super nervous. I just told someone this story, actually, because I found something on my phone the other day. I was really nervous to talk to him because of, you of know, course, I yeah. was about a year into comedy. He was the judge. I want to say he was the judge in the first year of the Mike McDonald summer comedy competition. And then he died right after. But I might be wrong on that. He, he was definitely a judge at it. And he, like, he, would, he would usually judge the final, I believe, too. In the uh, summer comp. He judged me in a preliminary round that I made yeah. it through, so I felt nice. cool about that. Um, but anyways, I sent him a message on Facebook like a week later saying, hey, man, um, you know, I was too shy to come and say hi to you, but it was really cool. It was such a trip to know that I was performing for you. Yeah. And I had a song that I wanted to make into a music video at the time, which never really happened. But um, I was so early on, and I, I asked him, hey, like, is there any chance if we had a, a video shoot going, would you be play this cashier uh, in the song? And he said, like, yeah, I'd be down. And he said, don't be afraid. Next time you see me, come and say hi. And I don't know that I ever got that chance, you know? So I wanted to say this story mainly because yeah. I keep it in my back pocket. And reading that the other day, it just kind of reminded me to, to jump, strike when the iron's hot, and, like, don't yeah. be the guy that says, oh, I wish, you know? Like, yeah. I wish I had set that up or whatever. I mean, I give myself some slack because I was only a year in. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I still don't most of the time. <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's it's bittersweet moments like that. Yeah, I mean, and there's always, yeah, there's always times where like, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. But you can't uh, live in regret either. Yeah. yeah. And like, it's also just very cool. Like you had a moment with Mike and like, exactly. Yeah. Like I can probably count on my hand how many like fun moments I had with him. Uh, during some of his recovery, like I remember sometimes hanging out at the back of Yucks by the box office, like the old Yucks, and uh, like he, there, someone would be on stage that like he was like, he would just kind of mutter to himself whatever was happening on stage, like it wasn't probably going well, or like they were crowd working when they shouldn't have been crowd working or whatever, and like just the fact that like he, he would look over and do that like Ooh, big eye roll kind of thing <laughs> to me, and I was just like, oh yeah, this is. This is great because one, he knows who I am and like we're just like kind of joshing around and stuff. And yeah, it was great. Yeah, I love that they named the competition locally uh, oh, yeah. after him too because even now, like I'm in it right now. I'm about to do my second round in a, f a few weeks and uh, I still feel honored to be in the competition. And, and I think of him when I'm on that stage because, yeah. you know, like you said, having a moment with people that, that are just so influential to you when you're young and then you know meeting your heroes so to speak or whatever and it going well is the best feeling yeah and like for the people at home that don't know like he was like 24 years straight yeah. at just for laughs just like the, no one's ever come close to that record yeah probably no one ever will come close to that record like he was just at growing up in canada on the comedy channel like he was just on on almost every gala whenever yeah. it came on like you would see mike mcdonald at some point yeah over the years and it was yeah. well, he had such a recognizable face giant yeah. eyebrows and <laughs> he had a couple of failed sitcoms i believe though there was one called mosquito lake i think in the early 90s or yeah late 80s. i remember him talking about mosquito lake i think that was um maybe canadian based yeah it was for sure it was yeah. on the cbc and it had like seven episodes or something yeah they and but I know he moved to L.A. eventually, too, and, like, was doing a lot of, like, w before he got sick, he was living out of L.A. and, like, mostly doing, like, L.A. stuff and gigs and stuff and then come back to Canada occasionally and everything. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Well, man, I'm glad we talked about him because he's a, a guy who people should remember. Yeah. Um, so let's go back a little further then. What got you into comedy and when did you start? 
and why like everybody thinks about it but it takes a certain something to kind of make that you know leap onto the stage yeah um basically my uh, uh superhero origin story is <laughs> i uh i was at a house party in i want to say november 2011 okay. um and there's a comic there mike curry um He's still alive, but RIP, he does not do comedy anymore. <laughs> and he was a law student, I think, or something. Um, and this girl that was having the house party was like, hey, Mike, this is Greg. He's hilarious. Um, and, like, she just kept introducing me to people that way, uh, which is very on the spot, which is great. But before <laughs> doing comedy, sure. like, you don't notice that stuff. So anyway, uh, Mike and I started talking about things, and he's like, oh, well, I do comedy, uh, and I have a gig, and like, I guess he liked me, thought I was funny, or whatever. He's like, why don't you come do a gig in January? Uh, it's at Ottawa U. It's a environmental law students fundraiser, blah, 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 blah thing. He's like, I got a bunch of people on it, but yeah, come do it. Like, you can bring friends, whatever. Had you already been sort of fantasizing about trying stand-up? I had always grown up um, thinking that writing for Conan O'Brien would be like the greatest oh, job in the world. One of the best people ever, man. Yeah. And so I'd always wrote sketches or like what I thought were jokes, like just growing up. I watched yeah. so much Mad TV. Masturbating bear. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that oh, was man. fine. That was great. <laughs> Walker, Texas Ranger level. Oh, lever, like so many good skits. The year 2000. Yeah. So I I was like always in that mindset. And so I like a bit of a, like a small binder of like ideas or not jokes for sure, but like just things. Um, you were noodling around. Yeah. And so I was like, and then when he said like, why don't you do it? I'm like, oh yeah, why don't I do it? So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll come do it. And I also asked though, uh, because my buddy, someone you probably know, Logan Avery Cooper. Uh, yes, I actually do know. Yeah. yeah. He works at Absolute, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So him and I like went to uni, uni together and like around the same age and stuff. And like he, we both talked about it. So like he did the show as well. And so from the November till the January when the show actually happened, like we practiced like a couple times a week, every week, like just working on our quote five minute set kind of thing mm. and like just work together. And it was great to have like a writing partner to bounce ideas, like do this and figure out my six jokes or whatever the hell I said. No, that support is really integral at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. we both got to go and stuff and like. It was a good show. Like Alex Wood was on it. Uh, Tommy Fitz was on it. Peter Gunstow was on it. Jimmy Cassie was on it. Uh, Jen Hayward was on it. Right on. Uh, There's a lot of people that are like old, like Ottawa legends and stuff. And like, uh, yeah. And this guy, Mike, I think hosted it. And there was myself and Logan and one other person that was like brand new comedy, never done comedy before. And the audience was, it was a fundraiser in the sports bar at Ottawa U. And it was just like packed with like law students and like they're so supportive. I told uh, two friends that I was doing it. I didn't tell anyone else. I didn't was like, oh, I don't want to tell anyone. Um, and one of them came, and like she sat like right near the front, like laughed at everything I said. Uh, and like everyone, like I have a video I think somewhere, but like everyone laughed at like where they were supposed to laugh with yeah. me. But I was very nervous. Most of my jokes were not very good jokes. Um, but it was like, overall a decent first experience. It was yeah, it was a great first experience, and like that kind of like gave me like a bit of the bug and it's like yeah. oh i should do this again and like and talking to the other comics on the show i was like well how do you do this again yeah because there's no it's very like this is 
there was a Facebook group, but there was no like. I was gonna say the further we go back in time, yeah. the more because I've had a couple guests like uh, Graham K and I believe John Dorr said this too. They used yeah, to have there to was... call in by phone, yeah, yeah, and wait and get through the busy signal and all that, yeah, yeah. And like, there's no rules. There's no one like laying out like this is how you get stage time. This is how you do whatever. So yeah. eventually, Logan and I both got on Yucks in like March of that year. So like two months after this gig. Because uh, we were again just like let's perform together again because uh, well, then, well you're scared yeah, yeah it's nice to have that camaraderie for sure I don't yeah. think that's embarrassing at all I think yeah. that makes a lot of sense no we're cowards uh, <laughs> but so we uh, we did yucks and like uh, after my set I did like I think basically the exact same set I maybe added one joke or uh, I don't know but uh, after that Howie was like hey the manager of yuck yucks was like hey. Uh, Good, good job out there. Was that your first time? I was like, oh, you know, I I'm basically here. I, d I did one before, and I was. And he's like, yeah, man, a lot of promise. Good job. I'm like, nice. oh my god, comedy is so easy. This is great. <laughs> uh, and then I didn't perform again uh, for two months, and I did Yucks again in May of that year. And I went on. Oh, on, on that first gig at Yucks too, I invited like twenty friends. So I packed the audience. It's obviously. not bad to have a loaded room. Oh yeah, first couple times. Yeah. So that second time at Yucks, like third time overall, I went on. I didn't pack the room. I had like no friends there. Uh, I tried definitely a couple new jokes and stuff. I basically read my set off of my set list. I stared at the stool where my set list was. I didn't connect with the audience. I went over on time. Uh, everything that was going badly basically went badly. Very awkward. Not in the moment. Sucked. Uh, went over to Howard after, and I was like, hey, uh, sorry, I didn't see the light, obviously, as everyone fucking says. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, yeah. And, and he's like, yeah, you went over time. I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't have done those last two jokes. And he's like, yeah, you shouldn't have. And I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, have you gotten any practice since last time? I'm like, no. He's like, yeah, it shows. Oh. <laughs> and I was just like... Okay. How he knows how to be critical without like ripping you apart, though. You know he's right. It, you're kind of like, oh, it's like your dad telling you that. Yeah, kind of shit, it was you know? the perfect advice, and it was like the okay, this is the decision to do it or never do it again. Yes, the so, make or break kind of moment. Yeah. yeah, and like that night, went to Lieutenant's Pump, hung out with like a bunch of the comics that were like on the on the shows, and like they told me like where else to perform yeah. and like how to get on open mics and like what to actually do and stuff like that. You so totally find the web of shows. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of smaller rooms and you know, if you're not in on the, on the know. Well, yeah. And you don't know how like, Oh, go to an open mic and practice. And like, that's where you get practice. And then, which is so like, I mean, this has been discussed on other people's podcasts, I'm sure, but that concept of like, you wouldn't just go like to the Olympics having not like yeah. worked out and warmed up and done all this other practice stuff. So it's, but you know, even that being said, there are people though that don't practice at all and they go up and they just fucking kill it. So, but those are few and far between and not to be, yeah, that is, after. yeah, those are not, uh, diamonds in the rough. Yeah. Those are usually the, the Mavericks and like the once in a lifers kind of thing where they can just go up and, and even they can still benefit from, you yeah. know, practicing. No uh, one's not going to get better from practice. Yeah. Yeah. And some people like they start and they're like, oh, I practice in the mirror and I do a soliloquy of every joke that I've ever written and like just yeah. like whatever. And like at a certain point, like I don't do that That's anymore, obviously. Yeah. Like I'm just like, I'll write stuff and then I need to flesh it out on stage a bit too like how that's my writing process now right so it's it's every everyone finds what's works for them basically yeah no definitely the process is always going to be unique for each yeah. and every person um speaking of howie howard wagman owner yep. of yuck yucks um we saw john door a few weeks ago and one of the funniest things was he started calling out to howie uh 
as far as I know, Howie has never done comedy or doesn't do comedy himself. <laughs> so he kept trying to say, oh, yeah, over there, there's Howie. He's hilarious. They, he, he puts people in body bags. They call him body bags wags. <laughs> <He> <laughs> and Howie was just fuming. You could tell he was not liking digging that attention. Uh, I just thought it was hilarious. Man. Body bags <laughs> wags. I'm never going to forget that. Oh, yeah. John is so funny. And Howard is really f so, so funny in his own way, too. Like, I think he... I don't know if he's ever tried stand up. Like I know he's, the, he's coming on in like a month or something. So we're gonna. Oh yeah, I'm gonna ask him. Tons oh yeah, shit. get into Someone that. Someone told me he's like uh, Mark Breslin's nephew or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's Breslin's crazy. nephew. I didn't yeah. know that until a couple months ago. Oh yeah, like he helped open the Toronto Club. Uh, he helped Breslin like get into Montreal in like the 70s or 80s or whatever. I've seen pictures of Howie from the 80s. Yeah, yeah. he looked like, young. Yeah, really young. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Okay. Well. Um, Let's let's talk about the show that you've been doing then for the last little bit on Twitch. Sure. Which I will admit first that I have not seen because I'm not on Twitch. I feel like a very old geezer every time you I say that. You would be joining uh, most of the people <laughs> that yeah, exactly. don't watch it. Yeah, I don't know. So. If it's just stubborn, or I'm just I'm too busy with enough other shit, you know. Um, but nevertheless, it looks like a lot of fun. You've had a lot of guests that I've had on this show. Yeah. People like Tavis. Uh, I wrote T. Tomps. I don't know if anybody calls him that, but Trevor Thompson, um, Christina Muehlberger, Tim Riel, a bunch of hilarious people. So yeah. can you tell me a, a bit more about the show since I have not seen it? Yeah. So right now we're, we are in oh, sorry, hiatus. Houston, we have a problem. Yes. The show is Houston, we have a problem. Uh, it's a Twitch show and it's basically a comedy news panel, satire, guest, riffy show. Like there's... It, it's Pretty everything and it's, it's yeah it's very it's almost like a podcast but on twitch and like live um basically i get two guests uh from the comedy world or even kind of auxiliary comedy world or whatever and uh everyone presents two news stories from the week or like recent sometimes it's like an evergreen topic or whatever and you just like someone will do like a five minute basically set or news presentation about it. it. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then we all panel up and like discuss the topic and like, so it's almost like an extended weekend update. Yeah. Like passing it's, the ball around. It's a little like weekend update. It's a little like, um, uh, Colbert report was, it's a little like, daily show, uh, whatever, yeah. daily show uh, last week tonight. Mm. Uh, Oliver, yeah. yeah I, I think it's probably closest to like last week tonight. And if anyone's familiar with the podcast, the bugle, I've not heard of him. It's uh, it's fun. It's actually where um, or John Oliver was also on it, like in his earlier days. But it's like a, a UK based uh, news podcast. Well, you're in on the know with all the UK stuff. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, and it, yeah, it was super fun to do. We took the summer off because like no one wants to be inside staring at a computer all summer long. Um, probably come back in the fall once I figure out uh, when I where where I live and like all that jazz. Uh, but yeah, Twitch is fun. It's a very fun way to like watch something but also feel like you're interacting at the same time yes i well i was gonna say we've both done code names live yeah. i've done it twice you've probably done it several times as well yeah and that's a blast that's on twitch for people who haven't seen that tim riel hosts yeah. that and if you ever get the chance to be on it it's like the funnest shit ever in my yeah opinion. oh yeah it's so fun and like again it's it, that's like a game show it's very comedy game show comedy first game show after but like very structured very structured and like again with the audience because like they're interacting they're chatting and stuff yeah. it does feel like there's an audience and a vibe yes and that was like the main thing with my show like i do want there to be a vibe i want people to be chatting and like feel included yeah, yeah um that's a smart move but yeah i didn't want to do like a zoom show or i didn't want to do like a facebook live or yeah. like explicitly on that and twitch was just kind of the easiest thing for me to get into and tim was super helpful in like getting me set up on a lot of it stuff so yeah i've thought about fucking around with that or even youtube live um 
I don't know that I have, I just have a lot of anxiety. I think is what it's come down to is that I think that if I do a live podcast, that'll be the podcast where someone says something horrendous what? that I'm going to then be associated with, or I'm just going to fuck up in some dumb way, you know? And, um, you know, that's just me holding myself back, I guess. But yeah, I mean, uh, there was one of my shows where like someone came in the chat and like was saying some weird stuff. And I was like, well, let's block that person Yeah, because it's like, yeah, it's live. You can't do that much. And like when I was doing Twitch too, like I was my own, uh, editing and producer and like, I was doing a lot of wearing a lot of hats with the show. So it was like a lot of stress. I know uh, that very doing well doing yeah. this show. I edit everything. And I, you know, get a hold of guests and uh, yeah. try to research people as well as I can. You were a bit difficult, you know, yeah, you didn't have a ton good. out there. Well, that's why I prepared the the British lingo thing. I thought that would be fun, but this is kind of serendipitous now because I did not really know what your show was about. Yeah. And just as a, oh, so I have more content for us to talk about, I printed out four weird headlines. No Ooh. fucking joke. I This is like, I'm feeling like a psychic right now. <laughs> so let's let's do that because this, this could be fun. And dad, if you want to weigh on, in on these two. Um, the first one, mac and cheese is now an ice cream. I don't know if you guys heard about this uh, a month ago. Do you think this is like an abomination or or do you kind of get why they're doing it? It said uh, it's limited edition. It's been selling out everywhere. It's a joint venture between uh, Kraft Macaroni Cheese and Van Leeuwen ice cream. And they wanted <laughs> to combine two of the most iconic comfort foods to create an ice cream with an unforgettable flavor of Kraft Macaroni and Cheese we all grew up with. <laughs> I feel like that's an April 1st headline that, like, made it... Oh, uh, July 15th, 2021. It was selling out everywhere, apparently. That's weird. I mean, I know right now uh, Kraft Dinner Mac and Cheese or whatever has been doing a lot of that, like... Flavor packets. Flavor stuff. Like There's a cotton candy cotton one. Cotton candy. What the fuck is that? That one I can see more... Like, that. I would be more likely to try that than try ice cream that tastes like mac and cheese i feel like they're both just for like tiktok reaction videos and shit it's yeah. just a like gag for marketing more than anyone's there's probably one weirdo out there who's like oh yeah cheese and ice cream bring it on but well that's the thing is it ice cream gross. that tastes like it or yeah. is it mac and cheese in ice cream no it's ice cream that it's just if you see a picture of it it's like vanilla it looks like that except it's orange and it tastes like mac and cheese uh, <laughs> it sounds fucking yeah, disgusting I don't... <laughs> dad would you eat that or no Abomination. Okay, so that's, that's not on board. This, you're gone. Um, this one, I thought was great. Naked California woman res- rescued after becoming wedged between two buildings. Okay, nice. a naked California woman was rescued Tuesday after she got wedged between the concrete walls of two buildings. She was discovered around 2 p.m. Uh, workers at a nearby auto body shop said they heard a woman yelling for help, but they were unable to pin down her location, and they called the police. <laughs> the cops came out, got on the roof, and looked between the two walls, and she's all naked, the worker said. <laughs> she was in pain. She was screaming in pain. She was upside down, too. Oi. <laughs> what? That's... And then there's a little bit more. Uh, she no. was stuck in a space that was less than a foot wide, and... The final statement is uh, they did not immediately say how she got stuck or why she was naked. <laughs> yeah. That's Theories, the, gentlemen? Uh, that is not the first uh, uh, image you want to see of, of, a new, of a new face. You don't want that uh, winking at you. Uh, sounds like a Florida headline. We should preface yeah. saying that. But <laughs> I wonder, so was she escaping like a bedroom rendezvous gone wrong? I got to assume if she's upside down, she fell from the roof. But then you'd think she'd be like head exploded on the ground kind of situation. I have a theory. Okay. okay. All right. Let's hear it. But you got to re- help me with the name. You know, those guys that run around and do all those crazy jumps off buildings. Parkour. Parkour. So she's a naked parkour <laughs> expert that mis- she, she made a misjudgment. 
and she didn't yeah, make the ledge. Would probably be the first. Yeah, she didn't make the ledge, and she got stuck in as she was falling. She got stuck upside I mean, down. Very possible. Uh, but the best theory we have so far. Naked parkour, you, you gotta. Oh, I think you gotta wear shoes at least. You got, <laughs> well, yeah, I guess if they're saying she's naked, that means butt ass naked. Yeah, I'm I assuming, feel like the article would have stated other than shoes. You know? I assume she was, uh, let's say, sun tanning, and then like. Oh, I got to go back to my house and I got to walk over this. Oh, it's only a one foot gap. Oh, no, I've tripped and I've fallen. And then I start scraping and falling down face first. And actually going back to what I was saying about head exploding, I guess if she got wedged, then that would imply that she got stuck before she hit the bottom. So yes. She probably got some road rash but I wonder every part of her body, though. For, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. No, she's, she's going to need some treatment after this. Yeah, I, I hope you're going to be okay, naked California woman. <laughs> All right, well, that one was fun. Um, this is a cool one because I know where this conversation could lead, and I'm interested in this, and my dad knows a lot about this. So a plane carrying Biden's press corps was about to take off when the cicadas swarmed. Okay, A plane carrying dozens of journalists was preparing to take off from D.C., and a swarm of cicadas was evidently looking to hitch a ride to Europe. A uh, horde of Brood X cicadas had filled the plane's engines, causing mechanical issues that delayed takeoff. So, do you know a lot about cicadas? Uh, only every 11 years or whatever. The 17, hell. I yeah, heard, but I think it alternates or something. But There's different cohorts. Some are 17, yeah. some are 13, some are annual. So, we should say that my dad uh, studied, what did, what did, what's it called again? I always forget. What, entomology? Entomology, thank you. So, him and my mom met. Your dad's an ant? Studying bugs. <laughs> no, it's not just entomology. Okay, give me yeah. that. Uh, yeah. What's the, give me that sting. What's, what's that womp womp oh, sound? sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it's a weird bug, right? And I had heard on some radio show that the whole 17 year thing is because any natural predator that would come for them generally would have died before that 17 years. So it's like nature literally forgets about them and that gives them this tactical advantage that they haven't been hunted through anything's recent lifestyle. So it's not being passed on to its young, how to kill these things and that. I'm probably butchering that, but you get what I'm saying, right? Well, what are like birds probably want to mess them up and like eat them and stuff? Like they're like yeah, but if birds only live like five years or maybe I'm guessing I don't know, probably not that long. Yeah, except for if you heard about like the crows things, like crows crazy smart, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it's crows. Maybe it's ravens too, but you know, same difference. Whatever, yeah, one's big, one's very small. close. Yeah, uh, they will pass on uh, <laughs> to their kids like uh, legacy hatred. So like, like memories. And yeah, shit. yeah. Like they will be like, oh, you see those, uh, like those prairie dogs. We hate them. Fuck, Fuck them up if you see them. <laughs> well, they can and remember like, a human face. I've heard as well. Yeah, and they'll do that with people too. Or no, magpies. It's magpies Magpie, too. Okay. Ma like magpies will like pass on generational. Like, oh, we don't like this. Bruce is terrible. Yeah, yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. But yeah, it's very interesting because I think that a bird, almost any bird, is something that a lot of people just write off as being this dumb creature with no level of intelligence because we're so used to seeing chickens and turkeys and a lot of dumbass birds that don't really do a lot for the, the yeah. larger body of creatures you know as mm. far as respect check, check out parrots well yes parrots would be an exception they also live crazy long too yeah yeah 80, yeah. 80 years old yeah and i guess yeah their mimicking abilities are pretty pretty tight also <laughs> like think about the fact they all used to be dinosaurs like well isn't, isn't that, that weird that like when we were kids that was pretty much not a thing or at least it was fringe paleontology. Yeah, scene, yeah. And now it's like fully embraced. And that's awesome. I just find it, it's pretty crazy that that's such a short period of time passed. And it's like we completely 
yeah differently I, about these my creatures. my new favorite uh dinosaur thing or fact or whatever is like everyone needs to change the perspective of how they would imagine a live dinosaur because people are like oh here's a dinosaur and it's green and it's whatever scaly and, and it's scaly yeah. and it's uh, ferocious but it's like we literally have no idea and it was just people in like the 50s that were like this is what a dinosaur looks like <laughs> yeah. but like they could have had crazy feathers like peacocks yeah they could have been like magenta they yeah, yeah. like they, you don't know what kind of like cartilage and like weird stuff they could have had that they, they could have looked insane yeah and like no one thinks about like that sh kind of perspective shift on like it's so true yeah well i mean it's a hard thing to try to picture something just from its skeleton you know but then you look at like birds now and you're like oh yeah that crazy ass fancy bird that that dances to like get a mate or whatever like oh yeah if that was a dinosaur years back maybe they were doing the exact same stuff yeah that's true no it's crazy to think about because i think the dinosaur design they came up with was probably based on like its closest living relatives which they thought was like crocodiles yeah, yeah. alligators and maybe it is true we also don't know that could they must have had some feathers right they've discovered that at this I point. i think yeah, yeah there's there's been a lot of like feathers in fossils and stuff so i think a lot of them were probably could feathers. be to varying degrees though it's, for a dinosaur yeah you know? and especially like probably the smaller ones and stuff like velociraptor and stuff it's a little tiny boy well when i was a kid i remembered um before the bird thing had been fully accepted there was archaeopteryx which i always thought had a really cool name but it was also the birdiest of the dinosaurs which was you that, ever heard of this one is that like a it was technically a dinosaur, I believe. It was like a, or somewhere in between. But at the time, this was the only thing like that. So I guess it shouldn't really be surprising in the long run that it turned out this way because there's always been Archaeopteryx, which was this weird kind of a pterodactyl, but wings. Cool. Or, but with feathers, yeah, rather. It, it, was, it was one of the ones they found. I think they found further evidence as well of, of you know, beginning uh, feathers and on different. But don't forget, besides leading to birds, it also led to reptiles. Yeah. So like you know, some of them had like some that. of them had no feathers. I'm yeah. Sure. You know. And anyway, it's a, it's definitely a huge shift in the way of thinking about it. You know, because there's other things I would wonder about. Birds have hollow bones, generally speaking. Yeah. Are there any reptiles with hollow bones? You know. I don't know. I don't know why I'm expecting you to be like a <laughs> reptile expert. Hey, uh, what my dad knows a lot of but shit. Not a herpetologist. A <laughs> herpetologist, one of the worst probably names where it gets confused a lot. You know, uh, I have a bad case of herpetology right now. Yeah. Or just like, what do you do? Oh, I'm a herpetologist. Like, oh, you just study cold sores. Yeah. Gross. Um, here's another one. South Carolina man gave child a face tattoo at McDonald's. <laughs> at McDonald's. <laughs> in a McDonald's. An alleged incident happened at a McDonald's in Lawrence, located near southwest uh, North Carolina. Or northwest, rather. Authorities were tipped off that a man had tattooed a child's face at the restaurant after a customer filmed the incident and posted a video to social media. Uh, they identified the guy. He was a tattoo artist from the area. And this was a McDonald's statement. In our restaurants, nothing is more important to us than the safety and well-being of our customers and employees. Uh, McDonald's said in a statement to Fox News, the, con the conduct reported is not in line with the values of our organization or in line with our expectations for how restaurants should be run. And yet it happened in your restaurant. Yeah, so. slightly. At least... He was an artist. Like, at least it wasn't like someone that found a tattoo gun and then was just tattooing people. Willing, like, it probably looks good. Okay, there's so many layers to why this is <laughs> fucked up. The fact that it's a kid. The fact that it's a face tattoo. How old's the kid though? This is the one thing I could not find like, out. Because if it's 17 and they were yeah, friends yeah, exactly. or something, sixteen-year-olds like give me a free tattoo, or it's like a four-year-old. Nah, that's probably so bad times. Your brain wants to go there yeah. for the fucked up headline, and that's probably what the clickbait they're hoping yeah. for. But. The one thing I want to know is like when you're just 
munching down on a quarter pounder and you hear yeah. like how do you ignore that oh man yeah just like i'm not getting just involved kid looks confident in bring his up decision. the bring up the phone post it to world star just like man. see what happens and what would a kid even want tattooed on their face that was the other thing again depending on age yeah but like spongebob maybe maybe yeah uh, yeah at one point paw patrol like oh, yeah, paw patrol good lord have you watched paw patrol i've seen, yeah i have a niece and nephew so okay. i've seen it yeah, okay yeah. you've seen it what what do you think about paw patrol because uh, there's a lot worse kids it, shows to be stuck watching like peppa pig and there's some yes. bad contenders i don't think paw patrol is as annoying as like caillou or peppa pig oh, or whatever oh, God. but it it's just every episode blended together that I cannot remember anything uh, yeah. specific about it. It's so formulaic. Yeah. yeah. That's the part I hate it's about it. It's just like, well, and that's what kids programming for that but level. It's so unbelievable. It, if you're a talking dog, why would you listen to this fucking kid all the time? You know, especially if you outnumber him, there's like seven or eight of them. If you count all the guest dogs that come on, like you could just growl at the kid all as a group. And he'd probably be like, all right, all right. I guess they love him. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, have you met dogs? They usually just love people for no reason. <laughs> They're Dude, not. <laughs> you said Caillou, and I don't think there's a more hated cartoon out there. I, I did not think of that one, but now that you've said it, that's the yeah. one you hear comics shitting on and making jokes about all the time. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's somewhat out of the zeitgeist now. Like, I don't think kids are really watching it as much. Very Canadian, too. I don't think very Canadian. States, so yeah, but yeah, that was ugh, super. Uh, dreaded cartoon that if you're ever watching cartoons and it comes on or something and it's just like well, he's such a whiny little shit yeah all of it was and everyone's wondering why he's bald i've heard many <laughs> jokes about that yeah i don't know i was watching the one recently with my niece and nephew the uh healer the blue healer show i don't know what it's called but it's like an australian like dog like ship ship dog or whatever okay. and like it's called Bluey or something like that. So it's just like Australian voiced dogs doing Australian dog things. Weird. And it's like, yeah, this is fine. Whatever. It doesn't sound that bad compared to some of them out there. Yeah. Yeah. Australian is a pretty easy accent to take, I think. There's some kids shows that I don't even, like, I just wonder how they got greenlit in the first place, you know? Like, not because, oh, well, this isn't for me because I'm a grown-up, but because, like, who, who would watch this, you know? <laughs> Stuff like Caillou to some degree. I yeah. actually auditioned for Caillou recently, oh. some new version. I had a... A voice audition. I did not get it Whoa. to be Caillou's dad. Yeah. Wow. Would have been a dream. S- sitting across from the possible dad voice of Caillou. <laughs> no, no, it's not possible. It's already. Give me, been give me a line read. Let's go. go Do you need a side? Do you need a setup? I played it really, uh, really, you know, clean cut, like all the voice recordings I had heard from Caillou's yeah. dad, which were, uh, you know, oh, well, no, Caillou, we can't go outside. We might get a sunburn or whatever, you know. Yeah, very, of very... course he would. He's got no hair. <laughs> Pale-ass kid. Put on a, a hat. Yeah, um, Kai, ironically enough, or I don't know if this is irony, but um, people use that the wrong way all the time, and I'm sure I'm guilty of it. But uh, coincidentally enough is was what I should be saying. I was friends with a guy who lived in Ottawa, and his dad did the voice of Caillou. Oh, crazy. Yeah, his name was John Fry, I think, but yeah. Well, I know the uh, the wild crats are in Ottawa, too, and stuff, Those right? Those the animal dudes, right? Yeah, the animal brewers. They're in Ottawa? Yeah, they like live outside Ottawa. Are you so, kidding? Like, yeah, yeah. So uh, like, wow. They film their live shows obviously all over the world, kind yeah, of thing. But I like, did not yeah, know that. and like they do their animated thing from Ottawa. I think. Wild Kratz, I'm coming for you. You're gonna be sitting right here. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. know. That'd be a cool guest. They've been around for ages. Yeah, those hell guys yeah. are uh, legacy kids show entertainers at this point, like the Wiggles or something. Yeah. Shit, man. Um, well, I do have a couple random topics I wanted to bring up, but one of them I want to start off with uh, is my dad always asks a question and uh, it used to be, it started when we were doing the zoom interviews and I wanted to still include him because he wasn't really a part of the show at that point. 
So we've carried it on, and now he has his own mic and all that shit. So, Dad, give it away. And it gives me a chance to load more weed. Yeah, load that weed up. <laughs> well, now I think um, you may have already answered this question oh, no. about two minutes ago, but I'll ask it anyway. Okay. In your January 2017 interview on the BAOS podcast, when you guys were looking at all that Kitchissippi Brewery stuff, um, you were introduced on that show as Uncle Greg Houston. Why the uncle? Uh, Well, I I feel like that guy is Australian as well. And it almost felt like he was just doing it as a like a term of endearment. A term of endearment, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was. I became an uncle like two years prior, so it was like relatively new, I think. Because I want to say my nephew is seven years old. I mean, don't quote me. Who check his Wikipedia? Um, but so yeah, I was like relatively new to uncling, and like I, I mean, I visited him like twice during when they were like one years old, because everyone knows like who wants to hang with a one year old? They got nothing, but like just past one when they're like fun and like starting to like yes. make noises and stuff and like kind of talk, but not talk. It's like, yeah, that's fun. That age to like three or four is, is really some of the best time with kids. Yeah. yeah. Man, that's so funny too, because I had like, I try to be thorough with my research and, and I said even earlier in this, that I found you were a bit hard to research. And then my dad shows up today and he's like, yeah, I watched a couple of podcasts. I'm like, where did you find this shit? <laughs> Apparently because I, I typed in Greg Houston comedy and he just typed in Greg Houston, and he got to some mm. podcasts that I did not find. So, yeah, um, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. There's that. only a couple other Greg Houston's. One is a Baltimore-based illustrator, uh, and there's one Texas plumber, uh, and I'm coming for both of them. I'm sure there's more Greg Houston's than that, but okay. <laughs> there's not not famous ones, not oh, like okay. us. You mean like notable? Us three Wait, fam- plumber though? Why is he? I don't know. I guess he's really good at changing pipes <laughs> in Texas. <laughs> Oh, man. There's also a, a Houston, we have a problem YouTube show that seems to have a decent like, oh, no. 20K subscriber. Is someone show. named Houston on the show? Uh, something Houston, yeah. It's not Greg Houston, at least. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Ugh, but, jerks. Yeah. I don't know how long. He may have been at it before you, but it's so <laughs> fucking hard to avoid that, man. Yeah, I mean, it's a very common name. It's so common that they named the city after it. So, yeah. <laughs> like... Um, I actually, when I started doing Just Chill with Oliver George, I looked... I didn't find anyone doing that, but there's an Indian YouTube show called Just Chill with... I'm not remembering that some Indian name that I can't remember now. And they've got so many subscribers. I was like, oh man, this guy's crushing me. You got to do a crossover. Do a <laughs> I don't do think he speaks English, but that's fine. Get an interpreter. Yeah, that could yeah. be fun. Um, a couple of things that are not really related to you or I, but things I want to discuss is sure. um, you said to me, you're a man of science. We're all vaccinated here. What is your, what are your feelings on uh, the, going through with the Olympics? And, and I want to say specifically everyone's shift from, yeah, we shouldn't be doing this. We shouldn't be doing this. And then as soon as it starts, everyone's like, yeah, go Canada. It just everyone switched sides. I don't know. I was I was actually fine with the Olympics um, in the sense that I was really excited and really liked how the NBA did the bubble in 2020. Okay. So, like, I felt like if the Olympics treated it how, like, NBA kind of did the bubble at Disney World where – um, like they had passed, like they had those like wristbands on people where like people were checking in and out of, like they were tracking everyone. They were testing everyone like daily. Like if they're doing all that stuff to like keep the people in that side of that Olympic bubble safe, then yeah, I was, I was fine. Weren't there still issues during the NBA stuff though? Where like pockets of people? Very, there was very few and like they were kind of tough asses about it. Like I know uh, at one point like Lou Williams had to sit out a game because he went to Atlanta to get like chicken wings uh, from, uh, <laughs> Uh, like magic from, from a strip club so uh oh, man. yeah so like and that was like yeah if you if you break the bubble you you get penalized or you have to sit out or whatever and like 
same thing. The Olympics like should have just treated it like a big bubble. I don't think spectators would have been worth it. Um, and I know that like they were just like they were so jonesing to like be the first Olympics back yeah. slash like prove well, and that so much money was invested for years prior yeah. probably to coronavirus and all that. But well, and the next Olympics is going to be like this winter, like 2022 Brutal. in China. So it's like there was a big. Uh, there's a lot of like socio political malarkey about like what if China mm. is the first country to host an Olympics after they caused pandemic and like all this. Well, yeah, I mean, poli sci junk. Even when the pandemic was first going, and then they started saying, "Oh, we're going to do like the pockets of reduced, you know, uh, game schedules," or yeah. like, there was a lot of that going on. You would still see, especially in the NHL. I remember like Dallas had a whole thing where a bunch of people on their team got sick, and you would hear every couple months. It was not totally working well. And then the argument becomes, is this like important enough that we should be doing this? But people yeah. don't consider the infrastructure and all the money involved and the, even the effect on the economy from uh, yeah, yeah, shutting yeah. down stuff like the NFL. So it does seem trivial, especially to a non-sports fan, which I would generally consider myself in that camp more than a raging, yeah. you know, paint your face, motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I and like I love sports. Like uh, you couldn't tell because I'm a fucking true nerd. I'm cool, dude. I get every culture. I know every everything that's happening in this room. Yeah. Uh, but I also really like baseball. I really like Raptors. Like I love Ain't basketball. Wrong with that, man. And like, yeah, I've already went to a couple Blue Jays games already too. Like I uh, in Toronto because it's like I missed being at a ballpark and like just like watching players smack baseballs with bats and stuff. Isn't that important though to break down stupid social casts? Like there was a, a guy who had a store uh, in Plast Orleans that I used to go to. I don't know if he's still there, but shout out to whatever his name was. Yeah. I knew the guy for a long time, but just in a business, business yeah, customer yeah. sort of uh, capacity. And he had a place called Entertainment Inc. And it always struck me as strange, but now I kind of applauded that he had all this hockey swag and jerseys, and then at the back he had all these comic books and, like, magic cards and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And at first I was like, are you trying to start, like, a nerd jock, like, <laughs> war here? Or, But, you know, I think we need to move away from those, like, everyone stay in your lane kind of mindset. Oh, yeah. You know? There's, uh, honestly, uh, I mean, I've been watching too much Ted Lasso, but, like, whatever makes you happy makes you happy. So it's like... Well, a lot of what I'm discussing... Enjoy is happening with like yeah. Marvel MCU movies being like the biggest, you know, Hollywood blockbusters and your average person knows who Groot is or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, and fast and furious franchise turning into basically a Marvel movie. Like they're becoming superheroes. Powered I am not by cars. versed. Like, I mean, I know about fast and furious and the, the main players and a bit of shit, but I don't know that I've ever seen more than like, Oh like dude, scenes. you got to watch the whole series. It's the most bankable franchise in Hollywood. It is But it's just so ridiculously over the top everything. Uh it is the first movie is like a solid movie especially for its time and it's like it could stand alone as like, oh, this is a good movie and like, ooh, they're stealing stuff. Watch out. But they ooh. become less grounded in and reality then, as you go. And yeah, the second one's like, oh, this is a bit of escapism, but this is fine. And then the third one's like, what is going on? They're Tokyo drifting for some reason. We just switched everything. The DeLorean from Back to the Future yeah. here? No. And then by like the fourth and fifth movie, though, they realize what, what they are and how stupid they are, and mm, they just lean into it. it. Nice. And then by the seventh movie, you're like, these people are just like action hero superstars that are like running on gasoline and like they're going to jump out of a spaceship for no reason. Like there's so like a, mindless a submarine fun. attacks them in one scene. Like it's just like, it's so stupid, but it's fun. It's and like it's, a B movie or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It becomes like this like joke of itself kind of thing. Like I'm pretty sure I haven't seen the newest one, but I'm pretty sure at one point, like 
like uh, they swing a car on like a rope thing, like off an island to get to another island or something. Oh, like it's just the dumbest thing. They haven't gone to outer space yet. Oh, they're about to. They, it's got to be for number ten. They got to go. Time to space. travel would be another like obvious one. Get the DeLorean to yeah. the future. Like they find it in an old garage, <laughs> covered up or something. Oh man. What happened to the DeLorean in the end? Oh, it got ran over by the train, and then he made a time-traveling train. I watched yep. them recently. I forgot about that. Those those ones do hold up, too. Like, they're... In, unless you're in listening ways. to someone cut them up, because there's a lot of accurate ways yeah, to yeah, do that. Yeah. I sure. mean, the whole him, his mom wanting to fuck him in the first one is very... Uh, I mean, it's very Oedipal. Yeah, there's a lot of Freudian know, stuff that you can yeah, get into for I mean. the whole series. But it's pitched to be this fun family movie, so yeah. I don't know if that's the place for it. And apparently Eric Stoltz, who was supposed to play Marty McFly uh, originally, and they shot a bunch of stuff with him, they changed him out because he apparently thought that the end of the movie was really, like, um, sad. He said, well, this is so sad. They're like, what are you talking about? Um, well, you know, Marty is now in this new present when he gets back, and he has to pretend, like... That he's lived this life that he hasn't really, because he lived a whole life in a different version of this reality, and it's he thought it was kind of like melancholy and kind of fucked up, and they're Weird. like, "Well, we're just trying to have some fun here, geez," and then yeah, they got yeah. rid of him and they Whoa. replaced him. Yeah, that's interesting. I just watched a um, thing on Netflix. It's called "The Movies That Made Us." Yeah, yeah. And those are very they go deep, man. Forrest Gump one was really cool too. Yeah, yeah. I like that franchise because it came off the toys one, obviously, right? The toys that made us. Yes, I watched yeah. a bunch of those too. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't watched any of the movie movies ones yet, but that'd be interesting. Because, yeah, if you look at that time, any kind of time traveling is, like, so trippy when you think about it and get into it. And you're like, oh, yeah, your brain breaks so easily. Yeah, and there's a lot of different ways that writers choose to approach it, too. Yeah. Certain people seem to have different rule sets for how time is supposed to work. And, yeah. Did you, if, if we can get into the top world, did you watch, like, Loki? Yes, yes. Yeah, I loved it. I've been enjoying all the Disney plus Marvel stuff for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I haven't seen Black Widow. That's the only one I'm kind of like, she's dead already in the present. I got to see Black Widow and it was fine. It was, That's kind of what I'm expecting, that I'm not going to hate it or anything, but like I'm not rushing to see it, you know? You're not rushing <laughs> to see it. Hit that sting. Yeah, that was not on purpose, but I'll take it. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're getting quicker on those. Dad. That's nice. Uh, I started watching Suicide Squad last night. That we oh, watched yeah? the first forty minutes, and uh, Kelly wanted to go to bed, so I didn't want to watch it without yeah. her. But it was fucking hard to turn off. It was. I've so heard that good. the new one is is great. You I watched might... it, Dad. Yep. It's so good, right? Like I'm already in love with it. James Gunn knows how to make a good movie. If you've never seen Slither, that's another great I movie. One of his, I want to say it's his directorial debut, but I might be wrong. Yeah, it was really early in his career. Nathan Fillion and Elizabeth Banks and oh. Michael Rooker, who's in a bunch of his projects. Yeah, I thought Nathan Fillion. His character was that was the best. If I can, uh, I guess I'll preface by saying spoiler alert. If you don't care, or do you not want this? Okay, spoiler alert. His name is uh, TDK in this movie, which stands for the Detachable Kid. And basically, his arms can come off and like float Float. telekinetically, and then they just like slap people. They're just as effective as as a couple of arms, but it catches people off guard, I guess. Um, like you would expect, though, a bunch of people die, really, even in the yeah, first yeah. 40 minutes. I was like, oh, there goes another big Does name. Does he throw uh, his brother in it? Like, he throws... Yes. Sha- um, what's his name? Sha- is that his name? I think it's Sean Gunn, yeah. We might, I think you might write, but he plays three characters in the movie, from what I read online. <laughs> he plays Weasel, which was this um, CGI rat kind of character. Yeah. Uh, or Weasel, I suppose. Um, and then he plays Calendar Man, which is like a Batman villain who's obsessed with the calendar, right? <laughs> There was a book where he's trying to kill somebody on every holiday or something, right? Yeah. I read that. I can't remember what it's called now. Someone's going to yell into their <laughs> screen, some nerd, but I'm a nerd too, so I yeah, should know yeah. it. Um, 
Yeah, man. Another quick note is, like most of those films, watch the credits right till the end. Yes, I heard this this morning. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm gonna get back at it tonight. I oh, you always got yeah, you always got to watch credits. It, it almost feels weird when you you see a blockbuster, especially like a comic booky blockbuster or something now, and they don't have an after credit scene. They I know, isn't don't. that crazy? Well, and it just like started such a precedent. Yeah, it just started as like a random thing Marvel started to do, right? Like, and just kind of like random ass movies would do as like a treat to the fans. For this is what I want to know: Was there anyone prior to Marvel? There's probably been instances in cinema where other people beat them to the punch with this technique, but it just didn't catch on because they weren't Marvel. I would like to know other movies from cinematic history that pulled that move. You know, there's got to be some. Yeah, can I say one other thing about the movie? Uh, it's not really a spoiler in any way, but okay. um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of John Cena. You know, I mean, oh yeah, yeah. He's John Cena. I thought it was. John Cena, Cena, whatever. Vagabond, vagabond. I, I like. Yeah, yeah, we were right, talking yeah. about that before. Yeah. The show. Um, he but, was critiquing my pronunciation from but, a previous episode. But I really like him. But having said that, one of the things when I was watching this movie that kept taking me out of the film was his right arm. The vein? Yeah. Right? What is going on with that vein? It's, it's a weightlifting like, thing. Jesus, oh, it's God. all like over the place. Like a bulbous varicose vein yeah. on his But it's arm. really twisty and gnarly looking. And, and every time I see it, I go, what the hell? You know, it takes you out, yeah. Why he, wouldn't they just CGI that yeah, out? Yeah, or, yeah. you know, John, you know, they strip veins all the time. It's probably some surfacey thing. Get rid of it. Yeah, it's you got like, the money. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, his his other Some arms, people like to wear their their scars of their journey. Kind oh, of maybe thing, sure, you know? but, but I bet it's from roids or something. Not to throw shade at John Cena. I don't know if he's. But a lot of wrestlers took steroids, right? Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't blame on that. Yeah. Like it's whatever it is. You're right. Like the, the the veins go crazy on different people for different reasons. But well, yes, I meant the steroids in the sense yeah. that when you have steroids, you get that mass bulking that yeah. I think results yeah. in this kind of vein. But but the key thing for me Vainage. is it was taking me out of the story. Interesting. So I didn't like that about it. So get that shit fixed. <laughs> yeah, John Cena. Get How dare off. You? Got the money, and my dad's uncomfortable. Um, no, but th- that I think is funny because so many people will have moments like that, and then you talk to someone else, and they're like, "Yeah, you're you're just having an OCD moment there," you know. Which can I say, as someone who actually has had diagnosed OCD my whole All life, right. uh, I'm not trying to bitch and moan, but that's one that gets thrown around. I just did it right here, yeah, casually, yeah. as this kind of like, "Oh yeah, oh man, I'm so OCD about that." And it's like, it's like you don't know what my fucking life is like yeah. when I'm having the real shit from OCD, you know, and. Not to, it's not that I don't understand why people go there and why it's become part of the lexicon in that like capacity, it became a catch-all for anything that's like uh like I meticulous. like how I, I yeah meticulous like having like oh I like my patterns and I like my routines and I like my I like my things how I like my things and uh well yeah. and if you suffer from that to a certain extreme you probably do have OCD yeah. but there are a lot of people who just frivolously throw it out in a way that I don't think you'd be like uh you know like I guess Schwarzenegger said it, but being like, oh, my neck hurts, must be a tumor, you know, and like someone actually has a tumor. Not a That's tumor. not a good example. There's probably a better example, but you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Like, anyways. Yeah. I don't really care that much. I just thought it was something, interesting talking point because it, whenever someone says it, it kind of makes, I don't get triggered or whatever, but like I, crosses my mind, you know? Yeah. Hey, respect it. <laughs> At home, respect it. Clearly I've been obsessing about this. Um, you are someone that, uh, and I don't say this disparagingly, but you're someone who would be described by the youngins as woke. And I mean that because even just from your preliminary social medias, you have, you know, the right things, in my opinion, um, not to get lefty-righty or whatever here, but 
you care about dead children. And, you know, <laughs> God, what a concept. And I wanted to bring that up because Don Kelly was on a couple episodes ago and a very educational experience for my father and I. And, um, you know, I don't know, I'm not out like helping in a, a firsthand way, but I can say that I'm talking about it on my show and I'm continually trying to educate myself more and more. But isn't it fucked up that the current count of dead children is like almost 6,000 right now? And people just, they just did the, oh, 200 and they all patted themselves on the back. And then I feel like it's kind of just faded into the background again. And it's, I don't know, it's mind boggling to me. Uh, yeah. Uh, and for you at, at, at home, you don't know, uh, Canada is a racist and genocidal country, just like every other country. Every other British colonized uh, country, yeah, at least. Yeah, and a lot of, uh, residential school survivors, indigenous, uh, children, uh, died or, or did not or come home. Or had traumas that they or would suffer from for the rest have of their had life. traumas and have had no means of, uh, to recoup or, uh, rectify that. Even though courts have been like, hey, Catholic Church... Give them a bunch of money, and the Catholic Church's like, "We had a big sale. Here's three million dollars. <laughs> Is that good enough?" No, it's so. And then like, up. no one does anything, uh, despite the fact that they should tax the church yeah. and take away all their property. Find the people uh, that worked there that may still be alive and hold them accountable. Just I don't know. That's yeah, not, that, there's an idea. I don't know. Uh, and yeah, a lot of it was so in our in this. I mean, past eighteen months, everyone's like. Oh, more bad news. And like they just, their brain turns off when yeah. you get more bad news and more bad news. And you it's just hitting now. you over the head. Yeah. And then it's you're so like, true. you find distractions of like, oh, I guess I care about the trampoline at the Olympics now all of a sudden instead yeah. of learning about more indigenous kids that were it's just missing like changing murdered. channels late night or something. It's, you're like, it, it's a bit of a like evolutionary, like uh, saving yourself from like defense mechanism. Yeah, becoming too depressive or too. And because there's so much of it, like you can't do a lot more. And like doing what you're doing is uh, raising awareness and like uh, amplifying voices, especially marginalized voices or like more educated people to inspire people or to educate fans and stuff like that. That's all good stuff too. And like, yeah. I would recommend people to donate as well. Like there's a lot of uh, worthy causes, especially with residential school survivors. I think it's .ca or .org. There's a lot of funds and there's like a lot of places that money can help people. Yeah. Um, and I think that's all very key. And it sucks that like... There's next of kin who are still living with the weight of these things, you know? Oh, yeah. There's... Yeah. There's... It's going to be a long time uh, before we're healed as a nation. And like, uh, I hope it's yeah, within my lifetime. Up, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but we need to. We need to talk about stuff like this. Because when I saw the number, the most recent count was, you know, 5,600 and whatever. Yeah. And uh, not and whatever. I don't mean to be like... It, Those last three it's, kids. It's too many. Know, but, it's too many. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're. I'm losing count. Like I can't even keep yeah. up, and it's just so. I was baffled, and and I guess I felt guilty as well because I saw that number and I went, yeah, I guess it's it it's hasn't not, slipped off my radar, but like I didn't know it was skyrocketing. It's that. not taught in schools. It's not taught in the curriculum. Yeah. It, the history is not taught. The genocide that our for our first prime minister, our quote unquote maybe one of our most important prime minister, literally like tried to wipe out a nation and yeah. like. It's not taught. It's not approached, and it's it's. History. I think it will be. I think it will be going forward. Be a hopefully, lot of, uh, but you know, curriculum adjustments. Yeah. Going forward, hopefully. 
Uh, yeah, I really and like there's other stuff too because like literally this week the IPCC came out with another climate change uh, manifesto of like if we don't do stuff right now, like everything Earth is gonna blow up again. Like so, there's so many things that like how are okay, oh my god, that's a whole other thing. And again, I'm sure I'll lose subscribers for <laughs> taking an opinion on this at all. But like, how are, is that still being questioned when like? Every year is the hottest year it's on record question. for like the well. Some people are like, "Oh, well, Earth naturally goes through climate changes," which is true, but doesn't mean we should not be trying to. But that's the thing; it's not actually know. being questions. It's corporations that don't want to pay taxes and don't want to adjust something yeah. to lose their bottom line are paying people to say, "Oh, I question some of this." Yeah. It's not you and me. It's not your dad. It's not yeah. a random person walking down the street. And guess what? It's also not us that need to do something. It's the corporations well, that have made billions of profits yeah. and the governments around the world that make money all the time on climate change, on fossil fuels, on all these non-renewable resources and have made record profits. And the 1% of the billionaires that like have had the best COVID in the world and be, are going to become trillionaires, those people need to do something. Yeah. It's not me and the, oh no, I accidentally got a plastic straw. Like that's not <laughs> what's going to stop this. Well, there's, I mean, I, I totally totally get the point and I would largely agree with you but there's still the mentality of like every vote counts kind of a, a every thing. vote and counts and I think we I can, didn't mean voting specifically. Yeah, yeah. I just meant that that structured way of thinking about it is like you may think your small influence is every uh, action you know, has meek re- and, yes. and useless but you but, should do the right things and stuff like that but uh, in our capitalist society, like you can only consume because that's just how capitalism works. And so you can be uh, empathetic and like ethical and like you should try and do the best you can recycle, reduce, reuse, recycle in that order because that's the best way to do it. Because um, recycling also, no yeah, one's recycling I've anything heard some these stats days. On recycling and it's no not. one's recycling anything. China stopped buying it in 2018 and now we just throw it in dumps. Um, but that being said, why doesn't the city that instead of throwing it in a dump actually build a recycling plant yeah. instead of they used to just sell it to China? It's like, why isn't that just mandated? Every city has to have one like a fire station or yeah. like a hospital. We have, we have water treatment yeah. plants. Like there's no reason why we can't take care of our own garbage and, and waste and also push back on the corporations that are like in Toronto right now, you cannot recycle black plastic. You cannot recycle black plastic. Why? That's what. So it's harder to because the sensors that they use in their recycling sorting plants or whatever um, can't recognize it, can't see it, can't see like the number on it. So like it just it, it's like on a conveyor belt in the air of like shoots stuff and like sorts it and stuff like that. So it can't be sorted. Weird. So you have to throw out black plastic. Um, oh, sorry. And it's so inconsistent because here in Ottawa you can't recycle styrofoam. Yeah, and you can recycle. Is that recyclable? And so, yeah, like, no, in, yeah. In, in Toronto, Toronto, it's recyclable. Well, this, this is the thing that kills me about Canada overall: inconsistency between provinces yeah. on so many things. You could say that where we should be united. Oh, sure, sure. Writ large, yeah. But then, even within a province, yeah. like at cities, like it, True, it's yeah. basically because the responsibility for certain things rests at certain levels of the government. Yeah. And when you get down to the municipal level, well. Good God. You know, I mean, you can have tons of different changes and, and differences between different places. And it it's just so, like, it doesn't it's, make sense. It doesn't make any sense. Like, literally, guess what? Like, oh, I, you can't figure out black plastic? Buy better sensors. Just buy a sensor that yeah. knows what a black plastic is. Get someone who like, can invent one. Or make exist. black plastic illegal in the freaking city. Or in the, ma- in like, the production phase. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you need to do it. 
and that's the big problem with climate change and the environment right now. Everything is being pushed off to consumers, you and me, yeah. the regular Joe, like it's the regular person. It's yeah. our responsibility to reduce, reuse, re recycle. And it's like that stuff helps, but we are not the cog in the machine that turns the wheel. Yeah. It's corporations. We're just like a little bit of grease, maybe, if yeah. we all work Tax like, the rich. Yeah. Tax, tax the rich. I agree with that. Yeah. Oh, super tax rich. What you were saying, though, about uh, provincial differences is something that I've echoed a long time from my visits to the States, especially when uh, we, we did a trip down to Jersey in like uh, the summer of 2013, I want to say. And this is a time where I believe weed was legal already in California, maybe not recreationally, but there was a lot of states sure. that were like, yeah. it wouldn't have been a big deal. And I remember feeling like a criminal, like the one or two times I managed to get weed, which was very yeah. hard. Uh, we went and smoked kind of discreetly in front of the hotel and the hotel guy was like looking for us. We had to leave out the back door and sneak off to the theme park all day and come back like after dark because he was trying to find us. And, and yeah. I was like, I fucking was terrified because in Canada, even though even when it was illegal growing up as a teenager, like you could go up to anyone and be like, hey, man, you know where I could get some weed? Yeah, you're probably not going to get like they might say, oh, sorry, I don't smoke. But they'd never be yeah. like in the States. I had a guy be like, what did you just ask me? And then he looked like he was going to pull out his phone and call the cops like. And it just baffled my mind that there's other states where they would have been like, cruise on, brother, you know, like, yeah, it's just it felt like little countries that are all different in the states. Well, yeah. And you look at regionally in Canada, too, like we're very, it's very similar. Yeah, we're we're much more of a north south uh, similarity country than we are like east west. A lot of time, like okay. a lot of people in uh, Ontario, I think, would really identify with like New York and upstate New York and like Pennsylvania and Ohio mm. and kind of like that, that little basket of like Buffalo, former yeah. industry Buffalo. But like uh, maybe we don't make we we don't manufacture as much as we used to. But like we're still like kind of salt of the earth. But well, like, you've got Michigan or uh, Detroit and Windsor. Yeah, like, you know. like yeah, and which was the exact same as like when we St. Lawrence Seaway when we were building cars and stuff. Like yeah. when we actually did that. <laughs> and then you have like BC that's like very similar to California and like that kind of ethos and like sushi and West Coast. I hate all their skin is so perfect and they don't get wrinkles. <laughs> uh, but like. Yeah, it, it, we're much more regional. Like, makes it makes, makes much more sense to group us by regions that way than like, oh, Canada from BC all the way to Newfoundland or whatever. Yeah, like, that's a huge distance. Like, obviously, it's insane. The it's yeah. the second biggest one in the world. Yeah. Only Russia's. It's like, yeah. So, um, speaking of geographical stuff, I didn't want to miss this. I totally yeah. forgot to ask you when we were talking about your show. Are you going to carry it on and keep doing it when you move to London? Or is this kind of the show's done? Yeah. So that's why another reason why we're kind of in hiatus right now, just so I can figure out how to get over there uh, and do all that stuff and then set up. I think so kind of, it'll depend on how busy I am and like what uh, the gigging will be in London. Cause like if I can do stand up comedy, like most Making every night. And, yeah. I'll probably be doing that more than doing online shows. But like, if there's not a lot of shows, if there's like another, another lockdown or whatever, yeah. then yeah, I'm very apt to do it. And I'll probably try and time it around the same so that it's uh, locally, like within Eastern time zone, like oh, similar nice. to like when it was. Cause I used to do it. It's like 7 PM yeah. Eastern. And that's like roughly like midnight or so in London time. So, okay. So that's not that crazy. To yeah. Have a show. Come on. Uh, yeah. Friday night. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I got nothing you to do. You just do a special episode once in a while, you know? Yeah, Every exactly. And once you just get a couple of your new friends you met over there. Exactly. Yeah. And like, I kind of want to do that. I kind of wanted to just start doing like interview almost stuff. I wanted to, I've, 
at one point I asked someone if they wanted to do like Loki like recap shows almost like just a you know, Marvel. Dude, kind of... I thought about that too, but there's so when I go on any podcasting sites, there were so many people doing one exactly. vision recap and like every single person and their grandma like already yeah. has a podcast, but the amount of them that were doing recaps for Marvel shows is like Yeah, and bananas. that's fine. It's Oh, if you want to do it and you have fun doing it, that's all that really matters. Yeah. But it's congested market i noticed personally. yeah yeah and i think that probably would have just been doing something to do something where it's like right now it's like i can spend time working on material and hopefully go find a stage because like things are more open in ontario and yeah. toronto and ottawa and stuff or i can uh i love how i'm criticizing recap shows it's like no one does sit down long form <laughs> podcasts yeah no i know i'm hypocrite here but yeah shit but, man well um I think I went through everything I had to ask you, unless there's anything you want to bring up or something you want to promote or anything. I have one last question, but... Uh, let's go back one uh, se second ago. Tax the rich. I think it should be illegal to have more than a billion dollars. Uh, that's the cap. That. That's that's the thing. Because when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, like what do you need in the world that is going to be more than a billion dollars? And so every dollars you I would say a million for most normal people, but well, no, let's say there's a, a rich class getting, for yeah. and yeah, yeah, house in Toronto, say, yeah. <laughs> a million's gonna be a shithole. So yeah, fine. Uh, well, but like hundred million, could we? You know what I mean? But yeah, even whatever a billion is a hundred hundred million, right? So it's like that's that's it, and like just stop there. So no one is worth more. Every other dollar goes to the government or whatever. Like it was very weird uh to me watching like weed get legal in canada and ontario was like okay we're gonna privatize and it's like why would you privatize the lcbo is your biggest profit making machine in ontario it continuously balances your budget yeah. why wouldn't you do the exact same thing for weed yeah colorado legalized weed they paid off their roads and they paid off their school system within like two years that's amazing like i'm not a mathematician <laughs> But maybe that's the smartest economic Follow play. The formula that like, works. Yeah, it's and like instead it was just dog forward and being like, well, I'm going to privatize because it's better that way. And then big business, everyone, everyone's like bidding for licenses and yeah. stuff. It became it the wild west, the and beginning. it was not good. And now I remember thinking, oh, we have three in the city now. <sighs> and then within a year or two, it's like there's five in every neighborhood. It sucks, it's, and it's like how much weed do people need? And how many are going to survive when they've got that much competition at every turn? You know? Oh yeah, you in Toronto on like a major road, you can't spit without hitting a cannabis shop, and it's like I don't Which, like. The, the teen in me is like, yay, finally. Sure. Um, there's definitely moments where the, it's surreal and I go, oh, shit. I remember when this was not the way, yeah. you know. I still go to a, a legal uh, place if I need to buy it because it's like I don't want to support the cannabis licensing. Convenience, you know, is it has a price and I'll pay it sometimes. Yo. I have too many memories of being a teenager and, like, again, with OCD and anxiety, I would stress the fuck out. I would say even so much that I would be like, if it was my last joint, I wouldn't even enjoy it because I would already be stressed uh -huh. about where my next like gram was going to be because that's usually all I could afford because I was yeah, like yeah. 14 or whatever, you know? No, no shade on my parents. They were great <laughs> parents. That was me being a rebellious little shit. And I fell in love with Mary Jane, you know, at a young age. That's fair. Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, we've had this discussion before too. It's like the chicken or the egg. Did I go for weed because I was having mental issues or did weed exacerbate those in the long run? I yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's still working out okay. Me and Weed are still, you know, we have our fights here and there, but we're doing good. <laughs> okay, the last question I ask everybody for season two yep. is uh, if you could have dinner with one person, anyone alive or dead, but someone you've never met before, who would it be and why? Um, 
I at one point I probably would have said something like Steve Martin, but like now I think it's uh one, he's just fucking banjo playing hack. Uh no. Uh <laughs> he's pretty old now too. I don't know. He seems coherent though. Yeah, I would probably probably say Bill Murray. Um in the sense that like Caddyshack and like Groundhog Day, like just like very uh formative movies in my life kind of thing. And I think his sense of humor and like his oddball, like Ghostbusters, just everything about it would probably be like a great dinner. But also like someone like Weird Al would be really oh, fun. Man. Great like, choice. Yeah. Yeah. Weird Al would be like and I've heard he's like a super nervous nerd off stage too. Like he's oh, yeah? very like not his stage persona like his stage persona is his stage persona so it'd be very interesting to like see that kind of dichotomy I bet you're still a super nice guy though he just oh gives i think off that incredibly vibe. nice yeah like he, I, he's he had, got a lot of uh inner strength because i remember reading about him that um in like 2004 or something both his folks just died randomly in a carbon monoxide oy. thing yeah and, and then he, he still had, kept going he on he had a very tough and performing. weird childhood too like oh, he, yeah yeah like it was a very structured and like severe and stuff like that so like the fact that you he will play the accordion <laughs> well the fact that he got to where he got like despite like the box that he grew yeah, up i'm in not trying to be little was yeah trauma or whatever but but yeah it the was, accordion does not seem like an instrument you would pick as a child or teenager that's yeah the joke i was unless you're friggin into polka <laughs> yeah yeah, true, true. No, it's a great instrument in its own right, but it's it's considered, you know, not exactly cool. Yeah. And usually kids are to some degree trying to not ostracize themselves yeah. with like a tuba or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but if the dinner turns into a date, uh, then uh, can oh, I go with okay. Captain Marvel? Can Brie Larson and I hang out? Well, Do you mean saying? as Captain Marvel, the character? I don't care. Either way, <laughs> you know, as a character, if you have powers, shoot me in the face. I don't care. So uh, many guys have a hate boner for her I see online. All these like... Well, uh, those guys are idiots. Neanderthals. Yeah. <laughs> Come to me, Captain Marvel. It I love to you. seems because she's progressive. I don't know. I remember hearing a lot of these nerds that were like boycotting Captain Marvel. They're like, ah, this fucking feminist. I'm like, what is wrong with someone wanting equal? quality and shit like i don't know maybe. i think uh there was a weird maybe I not mean. pushback but there was a weird counter to the me too movement of 2016 and it was like the uh nerd two movement of 2018 that i'm now calling where it was like don't watch star wars because it's so woke and don't watch captain yeah. marvel because it's so woke and women shouldn't have these roles and it's just like buddy who gives a shit yeah and it's just like one, uh, a very last bastion of, of of mostly white dudes probably realizing that, guess what? Not entertainment, not all entertainment is focused for you. Yeah. Like, you are not the target demographic sometimes. And up for the past 10,000 years, yes, you have been. Don't worry. You had your moment. But now things are being made for everyone. And Well, and in a movie where you're suspending your disbelief about a woman who can have cosmically enhanced yeah. powers, but you can't separate the actor from the character and yeah. just enjoy Carol Danvers and forget that she's Brie Larson and any, you know, yeah. personal whatever things you don't agree with of hers. You know, I just, that's what I would like to see more of people just growing the fuck up. I'm not saying you have to change your opinion, but moments like that where it's like pouty kind of, well, I mean, change I think your opinion. discussion and conversation is, is critical. And, and I've, I spoke to a friend of mine recently. I'm not going to name names, but he, we don't see eye to eye on a lot of those things, but I do respect the fact, and he told me the same about me, that we can have those conversations. And he said, you know, no one ever responds well to like being insulted. Even yeah. if you think they're saying stupid ass shit, saying, hey, you're saying stupid ass shit to their face is not going to be 
you know, well-received. It's just going to bring tension levels up. And um, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's why, like, I've mentioned Joe Rogan's show on, on here before. And uh, lately, especially more and more, I'm finding myself just not aligning myself with uh, a lot of what he has to say. But I still yeah. commend his, uh, you know, ability to have conversations and try to, I don't know, you know, I, yeah. I, I like the conversations that I hear sometimes, not the content necessarily from a agreeing standpoint. Well, and that's the thing where, like, he's kind of, I feel like, not turned a page, but like he's gone, he's jumped a shark almost where it's like he was having random people on to have random conversations. There was literally everything in the world and it's like his curiosity and yes. and whatever was leading it. But then it started to be, There's an he's, agenda he's giving power to voices that shouldn't have power because mm. they are at the expense of other people yes. or for whatever reasons and stuff like that. Like someone like a Jordan Peterson, uh, I don't like. And uh, okay, so can you tell me because I've never gotten super into Jordan Peterson stuff because uh, I don't know, there's just too many people to listen yeah. to. I've seen him here and there, I've heard stuff of his. And while I don't agree with everything he says, I have agreed with some of the stuff he says about like being a motivated individual and not sort of always um, looking for a, a, a window to self victimize at the expense of others as opposed to trying to contribute, if able, you know. Yeah. Um, there's limits, I don't agree with everything, but. When I hear uh, people that really hate him, it seems like maybe I'm missing something that he has been on record as saying sort of, sort of some horrendous shit that I never heard. Or I mean, I, I just wrap it up in the like the Western male chauvinist of like the ideology of like it's it comes at the expense of other people's like mm. like I succeed because you lose in, opposed to where if your ideology is like we can all succeed if we raise all boats and that's really just what it comes down to yeah. in my like. He, in my like, I don't follow up on Peterson. I just know I don't like him and his, he sounds his, like his meat agenda. Yeah, like um, I, just, I, I just don't. I don't have time for him, and I, I don't want to research him and shit. But I like, guess um, the reason that I sometimes go down those avenues is because I do think you're, you're saying people shouldn't have a platform. But there's always the argument, to a degree at least, that by giving someone a platform, if you're that confident that they're going to be saying stupid shit, then maybe everyone will see their stupid shit. But there's almost you're adding a mystery to them if you say, oh, don't let him speak. Then people there's an allure to that. People are pulled in. Then, oh, why won't they let him speak? Does he have something I need to hear as opposed to like let him say his dumb shit and let people decide for themselves. But you're worried about the easily influenceable. Yeah, I'm worried about the unvaccinated, basically, of yeah. the world. And okay. that's and look at the issue we're having right now yeah. where we can't get past a certain amount because there's like five people on Facebook sharing like literal malarkey and not true facts. Yeah. And making unvaccination a huge problem that is just the like that's how people's brains work at time like they're just easily convinced yeah. they can't put critical thought into stuff i'm sure that i could watch a lot of jordan peterson or whatever like even like these truther like anti-vax people i'm sure i could watch a lot of it and i wouldn't say i like oh this is making me mad and like this is uh, tear this down don't i don't want to hear any of it i could probably watch all of it and i would be fine yeah because i can put those critical thinking like cap on and I'd be like well this isn't really true and like this is kind of based on like old philosophy or whatever but not everyone can do that some people see one thing yes. they see something viral and they're like oh that's what I think now and like I agree with that yeah I guess I'm looking at it a very personal perspective because I feel like I will 
um, watch someone like say, well, I don't, I'm using Jordan Peterson as an example. I really haven't seen much of his stuff, but, um, and I can watch something and not agree with a lot of it. But then if I still find a sentence even that I find beneficial to me, even if I take it a bit out of context, to me, that's how I look at religion. I'm never going to be like, Hey, I'm Christian, baptize me, baby. But there's still shit in the Bible or, or in, in multiple religions that yeah. I would go, I can still use this. There's wisdom here well, surrounded with a bunch of bullshit. We you know? Hey, we both do stand up comedy. We've both seen comics go on there and just be utterly horrible like sometimes racist sometimes sexist some, uh, homophobic whatever mm-hmm. and like but maybe they have one good line in their set too and you yeah, laugh at it because yeah. it's like oh fuck that was a good line this horrible but there's I, people that won't there's people that will say they'll they'll say one one thing they don't want to hear at the at the beginning which is maybe heinous maybe not great yeah and then they'll just sit there like this and they're just closed off to that one good line yeah now. and then and, that's and they I'm don't listen to, to all those lines too and like but that's the thing and like there's certain aspects of I know what I'm getting into when I go to a comedy open mic and I know there's going to be a lot of uh, quote unquote like incel dude comics there just ripping on yeah. women and stuff like like I know what like I'm getting into humor and all that, I yeah. can have the critical thinking of like laughing something in a vacuum that may might be funny said by someone that's like oh probably a bad guy or whatever or so like, wouldn't wouldn't teaching people how to think critically be more important than silencing voices is kind of I guess what I'm putting forth uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah but I don't. Reason, I don't think it's. All, I, it's not an either or, and that's a main problem. I yeah, just, it's true. Okay, yeah. and it's really not like, and that's the thing. Like we're trying to hyper. Like it gets into like the free speech kind of like dialogue yeah, of like a huge everyone. Subject, yeah, yeah, and it's like who cares? Like who cares? No one's no one's coming after you. No one's getting canceled. No one's free speech is being attacked. Yeah, like guess what? You can still find an audience, and you can still do whatever. I'm saying stuff with like Joe Rogan. I don't know now. I don't really care what he's doing, but like he has, a, I think he could have, take a responsibility to not give those people platforms. Yeah. And that's not silencing. That's just taking away Joe Rogan's platform. Yeah. That's taking away a bunch of audience of Joe Rogan who are very, very uh, easily influenced as that's we can I mean. tell. Like his fans are so into that, his world and like what he says is yeah. biblical almost like, so I felt the need to distance myself from, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, when this show started only a couple of years ago, I was much more into his show. And it was like you said, much more broad topic, like historians yeah. and scientists. And I found it quite interesting a lot of the time sure. and, and he wasn't unlikable. I, I never really was a huge fan of his standup, but I've, yeah, uh, you I've know, seen fear it. factor. It's, I watched yeah. that shit. Like I didn't have anything against Joe Rogan, but lately ever since the Spotify switch is when it seemed to really well, stop being fun and it's and all agenda. Uh, and, and a lot of that's like, oh, it's uh, turns out uh, having people mad at you and having people sad or afraid of is very good for ratings. It's yeah. great, gets people butts in seats. It's yeah. just like it's the same reason why like churches are so successful because they're telling you about all this bad stuff that used to happen. But if yeah. you pray, it's a great time. So it's it's well, all it's like when Spotify, um, the you know several employees said that they didn't agree with them taking on Joe Rogan because yeah. of transphobic remarks or what they did, yeah, yeah. transphobic remarks. And I don't know what the remarks were, so I can't speak to that. But you think Spotify hated that coverage? Fuck no. no like, you know what I mean? Any any publicity is good publicity. It literally, that. it came up, uh, I was having drinks with Buds last night, and it came up like the Matt Damon thing, which was very topical. Um, he, quote unquote, just learned last week uh, from his daughter that he shouldn't say the F word anymore. It's like... What? 
Oh, oh, not fuck. Okay. Yeah, mm. the other. And it's like, dude, it's 2021. You just learned? No. You have a movie that just came out. Can and we you sidebar wanna... why? Just because it ties into <laughs> yeah. the UK. Why is it still okay for them to use that word for cigarettes? Just because of the different meaning? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, man. It's the same as any, like, we say fanny over here. You can't say that over there. Yeah, I suppose. It just seems weird that, it, like, the Words world is connected different. enough now that you would think... Believe me, most of them don't say it over there. No, eh? Yeah. Okay, well, so see, it's this is not sort of what I was like, wondering. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, they understand that, like... Let's just it, say the N-word meant a beer, you know? Hey, pass me, a, you know, I'm not going to say it, but yeah, yeah. I would say, even if they're steeped in tradition and it means something else, I'd be like, well, you know, but we're, there's the internet, you guys know. Yeah, like, and that's the thing, and it's like, our, and a lot of that, especially with, like, free speech stuff, that I find is, like, are, are you doing this out of ignorance or are you doing this to get a rise out of someone? Hmm. And I'm fine with someone's free speech if they are just speaking freely, not to put someone down or not to do whatever, but like maybe they don't know something that is wrong. Yeah. That like their thought process, their experience. Sort of an honest mistake. Yeah. Like yeah. I go to the UK and I'm just like, my fanny. And I just start talking about my, which is, by the way, at home, it's a swear word in the UK. It means vagina. Like, yeah, which sucks if your name is fanny. <laughs> yeah. Because that's, I think, a woman's name in some cases, right? Yeah, so yeah. imagine so being it's named like, Fanny and moving to Britain. That would But, suck. like, yeah, if you don't know that and you go there and you start standing around kids and stuff, people yeah. would be like, what the hell are you doing, man? Like, Luckily, the word Fanny as used for an ass is pretty, like, only your grandma would say that yeah, at this point. There's, oh, I fell on my Fanny. Like, I've never heard one of my friends say that. So yeah. you can avoid that one pretty easily. But yeah, yeah. but the one we were talking about, the F word, as you, as you called it, um... I don't know. It just seems like bad taste at this point. And I'm sure there are still a people thousand percent. who use it. And you know? also someone that's like Matt Damon, like he was like, I ha I have a documentary about saving the world's water. Like I have this, I've been, I've been a Holly Hollywood star since the nineties or whenever the uh, save saving goodwill, uh, Ryan yeah. hunting came <laughs> out. And like, it's just like, dude, like, you know you shouldn't be saying this to anyone. Yeah. Your daughter didn't need to be like, I'm going to not talk to you if you keep saying this. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm going to have a press conference and I'm going to announce this to the world. Because he discovered it. Yeah, It's like, no, dude, How you had a movie that just came yeah. out and you want to put your name in the headlines. Oh, you That's think it was all just... A thousand percent. Oh. oh, I don't know. He could have just been an ignorant asshole. I don't know. A, well, and like... But I mean, you think who's your PR firm? Blocked. Who's your PR firm that's like, oh, you just want to be an ignorant asshole and like you want to do a press conference because you were just ignorant and dumb? Yeah. No, it's like the press conference is like, well, we just had this movie come out and you play like a, a white collar. Yeah, that's true. Still water. Like yeah, a so little <laughs> uh, good old American boy. So, you know, even good old American boys can learn not to drop a slur. Yeah. It's like, that's, yeah. But it, but that's not really a bad thing then in the long run if it works on a few of those American boy. Hey, if someone sees that and like, it's, it's I should also stop saying that word now because of Matt yeah. Damon. That's great. That's what I'm saying. It's but, corrupt from the standpoint of, of the agency that put out that shit. But yeah. Yeah. And like his thought process, if that's actually what he's, yeah, it's like, oh, man. dude, 2021, man, like, come on. Like, yeah. I know some people are just, <laughs> I think that's the thing that really needs to be exemplified is people being more willing to change and learn and not. Because the main reason people don't want to learn is because they're embarrassed. They get caught in a situation where they look yeah. stupid and people go, oh, I'm going to get all defensive now because I don't want to look like a dumbass. If you just embrace looking like a dumbass, you'll learn a lot of shit. Dude, watch my set. That's all I do. Like, I want and that that's, on my tombstone. <laughs> and that's honestly what's great about comedy is like we understand that a lot of the times we are the butt of the joke. Yes. Like we are the punchline because we did something stupid in a moment and I'm retelling 
I'm yeah. I'm just retelling a, a random room of 400 people that have never seen before my stupid things that I've done in Your life. Comedic it's shortcomings, like, yeah. Yeah, and like that's just part of the world, and like. I have no problem being an idiot and like, oh, I didn't critically think about this correctly. So I don't, I'll have egg on my face. Who cares? Yeah. But other people like they're too ego driven or whatever that they like can't be wrong and don't want to. And then they get stuck in bad opinions or bad perspectives and they won't change. Or they have mental breakdowns (laughs) (laughs) from everything having to be perfect and not being willing to have that flexibility of failure that, you know, anyways, that's a great note to end things off on. I think that's a positive way of looking at things and, uh yeah thanks for coming by man oh this was thank a blast. you so much high five since we can yeah, we're vaccinated yeah. and all that shit um yeah i don't know yeah. see you later guys thanks for stopping by Bye. we're gonna play on the arcade now